Hi, Jeff Atkins here, Managing Director of Vital Metals, here to talk about the Natural Art Show project up in, uh, in Canada. Uh, exciting times for us at the moment is that our operation up there is uh, well and truly underway. All of our construction activities are moving forward to, to uh, build our rare earth extraction plant in Saskatoon. And we're on track to be producing our first uh, rare earth carbonate by the end of this half of the year. Brilliant. Jeff, good to see you. Um, been a while. I haven't seen you Bye -bye. since, I think, September. Uh, so just want to quick catch up. You've, a quarter report came out um, today. Just want to just want to understand a couple of the, the variables in there. Um, you're talking about redesigning the pit. Has something gone wrong or is there an opportunity ahead? No, this is very much an opportunity. Uh, we finished our first mining campaign. And during that mining campaign, there are a couple of uh, variables which we had, which we, um, which we wanted to test. The main one was the ability of the ore sorter to process low-grade product. And during test work, what we found was that the ore sorter was actually producing a higher-grade product than was expected from a low-grade low ore. So what that means is it's really opened up the possibilities of, pro of processing additional material through that, through that ore sorter and increasing the amount of uh, rare earths which we're able to recover from, from the, uh, the deposit. Okay, because you, you talked about um, finding it's like high, higher grade than perhaps you were expecting, um, which I guess then makes up for the fact that the contractor wasn't actual, actually able to um, you know, d dig up as much uh, ore as they yeah. had hoped. So uh, I guess it's kind of worked out in the end, but what, what, what was the delay on their part? Again, was there anything wrong that we need to be aware of? No. So look, what happened was that as we were dig digging the pit, in the pit wall, we had came across a very high grade zone of rare earths. And this area was so high that we actually have just direct bagged most of that product. That's how high that grade was. And this material was not actually included in our resource, but it went back into the pit, into the pit wall. And the concern was that if we continued our mining campaign and kept going down deeper, we might run into a problem where we wouldn't be able to come back in the future and pick up that additional product. So the decision we've made is that because of this additional material and this additional high-grade material, plus the ability now that we know that we can, we can process the lower-grade material, it makes a lot more sense for us to stop when we know we've got enough material on the deck now for the first two or three years. But it makes a lot more, a lot more sense for us to stop now and redesign our pit so that it optimises the, the new information which we um, now have. Right, and so is this, how long is this going to delay things uh, by and what's that going to cost you? What's the incremental cost on this? Well, it doesn't delay things at all. So we've, we've got more than enough material on the, on the deck, uh, both processed through the ore sorter and also waiting to be processed through the ore sorter to last us for a good two to three years. So... It doesn't doesn't impact our project in a negative way at all. And um, one assumes that because you found this sort of high high grade, which you weren't expecting, that if anything, the economics should be better. I mean, that's your hope, at least, isn't it? That's exactly right. So obviously, finding more material within the same body of ore is a huge bonus for the project, and it extends the life of the North Tea deposit. It means that we can process more material there. There's obviously the per kilogram mining costs are obviously reduced because there's a greater percentage of, uh, of material. Um, and you know, from a rare earth project perspective and you start thinking about risk management, 
what this means is that you know, that first campaign has really alleviated the risk from a geological perspective that we're not going to be able to pull out as much material as what we'd hoped. In fact, it's the opposite. We have this fantastic problem of how are we going to make sure that we can pick up all of this additional material? Right, because the market hasn't actually understood that yet. And it's early days, same day, right? So um, your job is to actually help people understand that this is about increasing the potential, increasing the economics, and that, that that's why you're redesigning. No, there's nothing wrong. Just want to say it again. That's exactly correct. So this is about how do we maximise the opportunity which has been presented to us through our mining operation and also our ore sorting operation. Right, and it's not it's not impacting on on the the time scale because you say you've got enough at surface at, at the moment. So, are you spending money, or have you had to stop spending money um, on the ground at the moment in terms of you know additional drilling or any other kind of acti operational activities on the ground? From a North T perspective, the only thing which we'll be doing there over the next year is a little bit of site cleanup work. We will be operating the ore sorter, which was always planned. The other things which we will be doing though over the coming year is we'll start to implement our growth strategy, which is really about that larger scale operation. So this is all about the Tardif deposit, which is a deposit just to the south. And this is an area which has a total contained rare earth of, of total contained rare earths of over a million tons. So it's an enormous deposit. And this is really where the second stage of our um, development plan comes in. This is the larger scale operation. So that work will now start to kick off over this year. Right. And I mean, have you, and you've got a, how much money have you allocated to that? For that one there, we've got about a million dollars allocated for a drilling program. Right. So it's, so it's not significant, but you want to start the, the you want to start the process now to try and better understand it. But that that's kind of fine because I think I think the big well, the long pole in the tent that people want to see you getting on with is obviously the Saskatoon Rare Earth Extraction Facility, right? That That's where that's the, the money's made. So that, where's that's that? That's where our focus lies. Right. That, our focus lies there. So we've been, uh, all of our major equipment has been ordered. It's all on its way. Most of it's just about arrived there, um, as with everybody else in, uh, in the world at the moment, which is uh, we have been impacted by the supply chains. Um, which has delayed some of the equipment arriving a little bit, but it, none of that impacts our, um, our end date uh, of, and our target date for producing product. Um, when we designed our plant, we were aware of potential issues with shipping, and so we actually mitigated a lot of that by, by purchasing all of the, what I'd call the critical equipment locally to avoid that issue, so we haven't been affected by by that from a production perspective. Right, or cost perspective. There's uh, some minor costs, cost issues um, with any, um, you know, any project, but look, we're very, very comfortable. It's all within, it's all within our, our plans. Okay, so what I'm hearing is all sorters delivering over and above your expectations, yep. right? Why is that, by the way? Why, why is it managing to do that? It's really about its ability to process low-grade material. So, material which was below the cutoff grade in um, in our resource model, we can now process that material. So that's the unique advantage of the North Tea deposit and the uh, the use of the ore sorter. Right. It but doesn't grade doesn't isn't impacted. 
Right, but obviously the, the cutoff the cutoff grade is is um, well. Do you go to bother of spending money to updating the um, report to better understand the economics, no. or will there be an assumption based on the, I guess, potentially it, new it's cutoff going to grade? Be an, it's going to be an assumption. Okay, fine. Um, okay. So what we're doing to give an indication of how obvious it is, it's all being done by site. So the ge- the geologists we have on site. When we go through the pit, it is literally a case of this bit of uh, material has red ore because it's the ore is bright red, the waste is bright white. So it's like picking red marbles out of a bag of white marbles, literally. That's 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 the best way that I can describe it. Okay. And it doesn't make any difference if you have a lot of them or a few of them. It's still just they still stand out just as much and are just as easy to pick out. Got it. Okay. okay. It's better trying to work work towards it. At what point could we understand the incremental gain in terms of um, what it's able to process? Uh, and would you be able to put a either a dollar number or a percent number on it or a, a, a total number on it at, at, for us? Because we need to be able to work out yep. what it could mean. The, yeah, the key one there will be the revised pit design because that will come in with a, redu- with a revised cutoff grade and that will have an a new quantity of product which is actually going to be extracted. So when we revise our pit design, that will then pick up this material and we will then, um, that that's when we'll be able to really quantify exactly how much extra material there is. Okay, so all sorters are performing above and beyond expectations. You found a higher grade zone, which you weren't expecting, therefore redesigning the, 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 the pit to maybe capture more of that economics. And at some point this year, be able to kind of indicate to us what that could mean, okay? Um, That's correct. Some small supply chain issue um, delays with regards to the Saskatoon extraction facility, um, however, broadly on schedule, yeah? It was, yeah, any supply chain issues there, we did predict that that might be an issue. And so we we put steps in place early to mitigate that. So it, it doesn't impact our start date for uh, production of carbonate. Okay, so let's talk about on the ground. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find things which um, are going to be problematic or bumps along the road and what you're going to do about it. So um, it's Canada. How are relations with the locals? We have fantastic relations with, with the local communities. I couldn't ask for anything better. We, our workforce, our contractors, um, if it wasn't for the support of the local communities, we wouldn't have been able to get our project up and running in such a short period of time. And I think that's something which is, I guess, easily overlooked at the moment as well. When you think that in two years, we have gone from purchasing the project, defining a resource, defining a flow sheet, um, financing it, getting approvals and completing a first mining campaign all within a two year period, which I think is, rather unusual in the mining space and definitely very unusual in the rare earth space. And we wouldn't have been doing all of that during a pandemic. So we wouldn't have been able to achieve that without the strong support of the local communities. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, it's it's, rare earth projects typically have big capex numbers uh, associated with them, and that's that's usually the off-putting factor. And then followed by, um, you know, technical expertise on the on the ground, etc. And obviously, we've talked about your track record in previous conversations, and that that of the team. It's a relatively low capex project. Um, yeah. but 
just very again, remind, remind the audience, where exactly are you inserting yourself into the Reros ecosystem ex-China? So what we are doing is we're going to be um, producing a mixed rare earth carbonate product, which means we will then sell that to separation facilities. Our role is about feedstock. It's about generating feedstock. So we will support those companies who are looking at building these separation facilities, and we have a offtake agreement with Retech in Norway and also um, an MOU with UCOR in the US. So our role is to support those companies with their conversations with end users and governments to ensure that those markets have the required feedstock that they, that, that they need. And by taking the approach which we have, because the critical element with rare earths is you need to go through a qualification process. So your car manufacturers, magnet producers, they're not going to just suddenly buy 10,000 tonne of product on day one from a company they don't know. So any new entrant into the market has to prove themselves and you do that by starting at a reduced scale, which is exactly what we've done. It's what the plans are for Retech and UCOR to go through that qualification phase. And what that means is then within, by 2025, 2026, which is the target for when and all the, the expectations are that that's when the demand is really going to start growing. We will have been operating for two to three years um, as a known supplier and as a credible supplier for, of rare earths into that supply chain. And from our perspective, we then will make sure that at that point in time, we have the capability to expand in line with the growth and demand. Right. Okay. And as, as a North American company, I, I guess you'll you'll be looking to North America as well. You might obviously mentioned uh, you know, Europe there and shape in Norway. But the, 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 the ideal scenario for you would, would be what? Because you're, you're starting to build this facility. Um, it, you, obviously, there will be, there'll be great desire for, for you know, what, whatever it is that you, you, you produce. But what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the end game here in terms of the, the scale of this thing? I mean, you, you set the expectations quite low there. We're gonna, I, I think. How do, you, how do you save the market? Do you know what? This thing could be meaningful. And I think we've got a plan to make it of, of a meaningful size. I think the best way to describe that is, I mentioned it earlier, the Tardif deposit is has over a million tonnes of contained rare earths. What does that mean? What does so that convert it, to? Give so me an example. If you, think, if you think about a million tonnes, um, MP materials currently... Um, produce about 35,000 tonnes a year. That gives an idea of you know, how big a project the, uh, the Tardif deposit and the Netchalacho project can sustain just through that resource. But, but remind me how you're tackling it here because, you know, you, you're kind of like starting small and you're talking about the potential of this thing. I don't, give, give me a sense of, you know, how, how this thing ramps up? Are you part of that solution or is this leaving something on the table for the next guy coming down the line? No, so this is really about, the, the way that we describe it is we start off with building the foundations, then we then we build the growth. So you, it's like if, if you're building a building, you can't go for a tall skyscraper until you have the foundations right. And that's really what the focus is for the next one to two years is really building that those foundations, proving our capabilities to produce product. Then you go with the growth strategy. Then you make sure that you build the capabilities to be able to expand in line with demand. And that's really where that work program now starts this year, 
to get those projects ready to be able to come on stream as that demand kicks in. So again, so why is that the right strategy? Because it seems it's based it's based on what you've seen happen in the past, not necessarily some of the good news stories that rare companies like to talk about coming up in terms of the, the demand in the future. So you, you, it's a kind of cautious but salutary business model in a sense. Um, what, what would need to change for you to go be a little bit more aggressive? Look, it, it really comes from the lessons that we've learned. And the real les- the lessons that we've learned are there's twofold. One is that rare earth projects typically are actually very difficult to produce product at specification. If you go try to go too big too soon, all that happens is you don't produce product at specification and it costs you a lot of money. And fundamentally, what that means is your shareholders lose. So if you look at any company who started in you know, 2010 or around that time, shareholders from that time haven't really made any money. So the whole focus is how do you get a good return on investment for your shareholders? And that's about saying, okay, we're going to minimise the capital, the upfront capital until we get into positive cash flow. We'll mitigate any processing risk and any project risks whilst we do that. And then we'll expand when we're an operating company with positive cash flow. And that really will ensure that from a shareholder perspective, you get dilution is minimised and returns are uh, maximised. Okay. You're going to be producing, where well, you're aiming to produce carbonate by June 2022, right? Yeah. Um, first, first carbonate product is is targeted for June 2022. And that's set expectations here because with mining, there's there's a kind of ramp up to, to these things. That's exactly right. Right. So it's always nice to say, oh, we're producing. Brilliant. But in terms of what that looks like in terms of revenue flow, because it's not even going to be free cash flow, clearly, because there's lots of costs associated with building this thing up. When does it ramp up to our optimum output? Um, and you know, and and then what? Our experience is that optim- that takes over twelve months to achieve, and this is one of the issues and one of the reasons why you want to start smaller, because you want to minimise what your operating costs are during that time. You want to be able to make sure that you get that product right at the very start, and then you ramp it up. If we started as with a really big project on day one, we'd have a massive capital spend but then your operating costs are also very high. And then you have that ramp up profile, which means that you're not going to get any money. You're not going to cover your costs for many years on that. So all that does is it actually just means that shareholders get diluted even more. Okay. So give us a relatively simple product. Okay. Carbonate, right? Um, You're, you're building that extraction facility um, at a certain capacity now, and you're ramping up over the first 12 months, you know, tweaking and tinkering, making sure you get the economics as optimized and efficient as possible. Um, but, but like I say, the, the, the then what bit is, is this, the, is that thing scalable given the size of, you know, you know, one million tons you're talking about? Is that, is that the game plan once, once you've yeah, it's it? immediately, it's immediately um, scalable to be able to be doubled. So the actual scale of the equipment on day one, 90% of the equipment is already oversized for double capacity. So it's just from our lessons learned and from our experience in other rare earth plants, there's there's some equipment which we have which we have left at that smaller size to until we bed in the process and then we duplicate it. The rest of the equipment is already scaled. 
for double capacity. Okay, fine. And so that's our initial expansion. Right, okay, and give me a sense of um, the, the, the economics around that. So I want to understand the, the scale. So that there, that will be producing, when it's scaled, that will be producing about a, about a thousand tonne a year of neodymium and presidinium. Current price for that is about $150 a kilogram. Our carbonate prices are typically about 50%, so $75 a kilo revenue-wise. That's a reasonable um, reasonable revenue line. Okay, okay. Okay, we'll do some numbers off that. Okay. Um, you've also got some other projects sitting in the background in terms of uh, Bikino uh, and uh, Faso and, um, and Germany. They're all kind of just parked up for now, right? Yeah. Because you're focused on this, you're... You focus your money, your time, and effort on, on on getting this thing up and running. Is there any kind of inclination as to what you might be doing with those projects? Do, do you just maintain those, or can you monetize them? At at this stage, they um, they certainly um, are a lower priority. Our focus really now is on the rare earths. So, as I say, it's getting North Tea up and running. It's expanding into Tardif. We then have other rare earth projects as well, which will allow further expansion. And probably one of the more exciting things as well is that we also have a little portfolio, building a little portfolio of projects which will have the capability of producing heavy rare earths as well, so that we can become the first producer in North America who can produce um, commercial quantities of both lights and heavies. Um, one thing which not a lot of people realise is at Natural Archo also has a distinct heavy rare earth zone. So work will start on that this year as well. Um, so we have certainly have our uh, work cut out for us in the rare earth space. Um, and I think that's the next 12 months will be pretty exciting around defining what the future of the company will look like. Um, and obviously we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of um, companies come popping up with rare earths in the title. So, it, you know, it must be true. They will produce rare earths. Um, it's it's way you've outlined it. It's it, it's harder than you think, and if you've not worked in the rare space before, you're more likely to trip up over your shoelaces. I think there's a little bit of that. Um, do you think people are getting a little bit distracted by some of these wannabe players? Oh, I think without a doubt. I think it's uh, it's very easy to um, put out announcements on drill chips and things like that, which which look sexy and. Unfortunately, with rare earths, because um, not a lot of people really understand the complexities of the business and the specialist nature of it, um, there are obviously some people who are taking advantage of the current boom in the market to, um, to let's just say, put out some interesting announcements. I think they are. Well, I liked yours today. So that's that's the key thing. Um, yeah. Keep at it. Stay in touch. A lot going on. Um, so we'd love to hear from you as things progress. Appreciate your time today. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on.